This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You're not starting then, Nathaniel. He's muted himself. <laughs> I think you muted me, Ant. That, that was a whole new experience for me. Wow. Well, I don't know what's going on there, but thank you and welcome to the to Holland Back podcast again. Proudly sponsored by Six Yards Out and Pearson's Bar, or should I say Old Zoological, because it's changing its name, and that's very exciting. And uh, we've got uh, a whole a whole host, or you know, four people today. Very exciting. I'm your host, Nathaniel, and I'm joined by Will, Ant, and Tom. So, how are you guys doing? We are an award-winning podcast. Remember that. Again, just, I'm, I'm just, saying that's not my fault. Just forget that stat. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'm all right, Nathaniel. Are you? Good. No, not really. I'm very flustered by this. But what about you, Will? <laughs> <laughs> um, Closer to death than ever before. Well, that's true every day, I suppose. And what about you, Tom? Yeah, well, pretty positive after the performance. Wonderful, wonderful. So uh, (laughs) before we get on to talk about the football, I think as uh, Will's uh, name on today's episode shows, we've got to talk about the tragic events in Turkey and uh, the fantastic work that the owner, Ajahn Ilajala, is doing. He's building homes for people who um, have lost their homes in the earthquake there. Um, same with Syria as well. And there is a possibility to uh, donate, to show your support for Turkey, who the club have great strong links with now. Um, the whole city website is called Tigers for Turkey. So do donate if you've got some money free. That will absolutely help the people over in Turkey. And again, I, I commend the work that the owner is doing. And um, it's been uh, a very emotional time for him and for two fans who I heard um, talking in the press conference about it. So uh, I think we've got to acknowledge that at the start of the episode. 
Um, and again, if you can donate, that would be a really positive thing to do. However, um, another positive thing was Hull City's performance on Saturday. We beat Cardiff. That's two wins in a row at home, two clean sheets, four goals. Another fantastic performance from the Irish Cafu, uh, Cyrus Christie, who's uh, got the title of the name uh, of this episode. So, uh, Ant, I'll start with you. Another fantastic win. Yeah, Um the, the, like we, we had we had a bit of reservation, didn't we? Saying you know, QPR were aside that we're going to come and try and play, um, and and that kind of suits us more when we play at home. But the sides that tend to sit back a bit more, we struggle to break down. And we knew that Cardiff were going to be solid in 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 a defensive capacity. So it'd be interesting to see if we you know continued that momentum from QPR. And I think we did. I think um, obviously the huge moment of the game was Ingram saving the penalty. I think if that goes in, it's a totally different game. Um, but the fact that he saved it, you know, kudos to him as well because he's got the pressure of, you know, Cal Darlow on the bench now as well. Um, so, you know, that save there puts us on for, you know, picks the confidence of the players up. They go on and play well. We had a couple of shaky moments towards the end where we tried to defend it, but I see it as that now we're displaying different sides to our game. You know, we looked uh, very threatening um, going forwards, but then we also showed that we've got a defensive and organised side to us when we need to have it. Which, you know, if you're going to put consistent runs together and, and try and do an unlikely playoff chase, you've got to have that um, bit of flexibility in your, in your system and your, your capabilities in order to get over the line. Uh, and, and like we say, two clean sheets, our first clean sheets of the season uh, in two games in a row at home. So, yeah, very good. Very, very impressed. Wonderful. I, I agree with, with absolutely everything there. Uh, Tom, did, did you think the game went as you expected it would? Yeah, I felt that we struggled to break them down, but we kept some probing. And early on in the season, would would sort of, if it was what things weren't going our way, would sort of uh, sort of start sitting back, and then you know we start making mistakes, and the opposition would get on top of us. But you know, the key word is probably persistence. We kept on going, we kept on attacking, uh, was putting you know some good play together, confident of bringing the ball out of the back now. Um, and I think you know we got our just rewards when Christie, obviously you know, produce that moment of brilliance, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I've run out of fancy uh, questions to ask. So, Will, what did you think? I don't know why y'all were worried last week, because I was the only one who said it we were going to win, and actually, we actually did. Oh, didn't I say it would be a 1-1? And uh, yeah. it was it was quite a tight game, because, um, of course, it took a, a fair while yeah. until we, we got that first goal. So, I'll, I'll, say, I'll take that. I'll take some credit for that. <laughs> Get some credit for getting the scar wrong. Getting it wrong. Uh, but that was pretty close. Um, as Anne said, yeah, the penalty was decisive, I think, in, in terms of how the game went. We ended up a few chances before that, which, yeah, we, we create we create a lot of chances that we're not putting away and we need to sort of rectify that. But can't argue when we're still when someone like Cyrus Christie the, that man could score twenty goals in a season if he, if he had a better shot on it. Mm. That's true. The position he picks up. The positions yeah, he picks up all the time, like, yeah. he's, he's almost that, like a right winger. Like. Those, that game, it was ridiculous how often the centre-backs would have the ball and either him or Slater would be completely open at all times. One of them would be completely open all the time. And it was ridiculous how often it would we'd pass it to one of them and they were able to easily get the ball past their defender. Mm. Yeah, mm. I, I think when you've got a fullback like Cyrus Christie, um, you You've got to like push forward. Um, I think Cyrus Christie himself, like if he takes up high position, that forces their winger to track back, um, and that's how we can sort of get our impetus into the game. And mm -hmm. early on in the season, we didn't have that, but now 
since we've got that out ball with Sarah Christie, he's always going to be there. If he's the, he's the one that's causing most trouble, like he's a fullback, but he's the one that looks most, most dangerous in a, from an attacking sense. Mm-hmm. I think, but you know, when in the modern game, I think that's that's crucial. You see a lot of teams of attacking fullbacks, and he's arguably one of the best, if not the best, in the league currently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll have a little debate about that when we get onto the uh, most exciting part of the podcast, the combined lineups uh, towards the end. Um, even if I do say so myself, um, but yeah, it reminds me a bit of when we had your new device with those diags, that's what Sean McLaughlin and Alfie Jones are doing. Whereas, Don't mention course, that bad kissing weasel. Well, no, but that was the, the difference is that um, against Cardiff, that was definitely a, a tactic just for that game. Christie, you know, got to make the most of him, whereas under McCann with device, that's the only thing we ever did. Um, we've got a, a bit of ability to switch it up a bit more. And I thought that the goal was, was really terrific, not just... Um, the work that Christie did cutting on his uh, his left, but the uh, the ball from Oscar out wide, we rarely see him hold the ball up so well. That was a really good pass. And then yeah. um, I remember uh, just one line of commentary from um, just a Manchester derby years ago that you can tell they're quality players because they're they're firing the passes at each other really quickly, and that's what Slater did to Christie. So clearly, Christie has a great touch. He is, I'd say, he's one of the best fullbacks in the league and um, we definitely know he's one of the best um but uh yeah so we've mentioned the penalty um no no disputes about the penalty will i imagine no i see him given all the time mm-hmm. yeah though Rossini was very unhappy about one at the other end on Connolly, um mm. which maybe could have been given at the time it looked a bit iffy and i've seen it back he definitely is caught but he's i think a bit too honest um, and keep trying to keep going. If he'd gone down, he'd have probably got a penalty for it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because we won. Yeah, it was. And it shit, was so crazy, wasn't it? I mean, it's th- those kind of tackles. There, it's he's he's gone to block the the cross, and he's just literally chopped it back. And when that happens, yeah. and you, you follow through, you've got the legs. You you know, it's a foul. Yeah. There, there's there's players in the Premier League that do that all the time. Players like Zaha, you know, these tricky wingers that that, that like to feign across and then turn back on themselves yeah. if you commit to the tackle you're in trouble the best thing to do in that situation you you know stand them up and push them back out wide but you know i think elder gave away a few silly fouls at the beginning of the game but after the penalty he improved massively. He, had a good game he, he did i think after the penalty he really sort of took responsibility and said right i've been a bit daft here and i'm gonna try and take um the game to him and he did it i think he's played really well since coming back into the team yeah I think his strongest part to his game is sort of, you don't see a lot from defenders these days, but sort of covering his back post. When the ball comes across, he's always more than not there to clear the danger. And I think that's one of his most impressive parts. Yes, he's not the best going forward, but I think defensively, you can't really follow him that much, to be fair. You know, apart from a few clumsy errors, but, you know, every play makes him. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Well, you do see those given all the time. It's one of the most common penalties, really. That, that cutting in and going yeah. in with the other foot. Um, but then uh, Danny Blanchard's mentioned the, uh, he needs to mention the partnership of Jones and McLaughlin, which has been really strong this season, and, and I would agree. Um, so, of course, we've mentioned Elder. He was playing at left back. Quite surprisingly, Jacob Greaves didn't start. Um, of course, Rossini has mentioned you can, you know, you, you should, uh, shouldn't change a, a winning side. And yeah, he didn't. So, I mean, I guess one of the big debates is, I mean, uh, and you mentioned it yesterday with Gabe, didn't you? It's potentially good for the future to have that plan in place. Yeah, yeah I mean, on what the, you said. The thing is, so obviously Gabe was basically mentioning that 
if, if you're going to try and replicate club models, you know, like you look at Brentford and Brighton that, that do it consistently where they have players that play exceptionally well in the roles that they're given in the team and then get sold on for a lot of money, but they've already got a ready-made replacement to slot straight into that side, so it makes no difference. So the club benefits financially, but then you also don't miss out on the, the, the playing side of things because you've got an able-bodied replacement ready. We've got that with McLaughlin, and you see the problem with Greaves at the minute is is you would you'd argue, I think you know if you weren't an old city fan you'd be wondering you know he'd be going straight back into the team but at the minute where does he get in you know you, you can't you can't drop McLaughlin or Jones and Elder's been playing well since he's come in now whether or not it's a tactical thing where you know we're playing away at Stoke and he maybe fancies a bit more of a taller physical player of Greaves and that's how he gets back in but certainly on form you 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 can't justify dropping Elder or any of the back, I mean, we, we'd all been pining for Sean McLaughlin for since the beginning of the season, and for some bizarre reason, Shotter never fancied him. I don't even think he played under Dawson, did he? Um, so it's, it's quite odd that it's taken until Rosinia to get him back into the side. I mean, we all know how good he can be. Last season, he yeah. was consistently good. Uh, he, he had maybe one or two bad games. The Bristol City one probably was the reason that Shotter didn't fancy him for this season, where he had a howler, but the whole team had a howler that day. We lost 5 0. So it's hard hard to pin it just on him, obviously. But like you say, back to the original point, if we ever did lose Jacob Graves, for example, in, in summer to a, to a large fee, we've got Sean McLaughlin there who's, who's, who's more than ready to take that spot if he hasn't already. So um, <laughs> yeah. I do I do think that the long-length contract that Graves has got means that it's very unlikely that he's going to be leaving in the next year or two, um, especially with how Arjun is in, in terms of his ambitions, where he wants to take the club, because it's going to be similar to KLP, I think, where he's going to say, I'll say no to every bid that comes in until he tells me he wants to go. And I can't see Jacob Greaves wanting to go. And on the other hand, also can't see a Premier League club offering an insane amount of money for him just yet because of how young he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and he's I probably going to have the point on, gone to Sorry, I think the point on McLaughlin is true. Um, I remember last season, McCann didn't fancy him, but he was sort of the catalyst start that run that we went on before McCann was uh, sort of sacked. He came into he came into the team and he looks so short. I think he's the perfect defender for Rosinia. It's sort of a Rolls Royce for a centre back. The way he comes out with the ball, he's not scared to sort of drive out of it. You know, pick them passes. And I think you know all, all the best teams now have a, a centre back that's able to play them diagonal switches. And McLaughlin's you know shown that he can do that. You know, he's, we've seen it plenty of times. Um, I remember obviously that goal that he set up for Kelpie, a beautiful pass. Like, I mean, you know, he's he's, do, he's doing that on a regular basis now, and you know that's. That's certainly good for us. This Alfie Jones erasure needs to stop. Because everyone's going on about McLaughlin, and Alfie Jones is playing just as fucking good. He's Alfie Jones. Exactly. Alfie Jones' form came back as soon as he cut his hair. He was quite shaky at the beginning of so the season with Jones. I was very yeah. surprised. There was there Samson. His hair yeah, is but, taking away his power. Good but biblical he's, reference he's, there, Well, He's found his feet lately, and I think... The system that Rosinia plays suits him more because we know Jones is very comfortable with the ball at his feet. He's naturally a midfielder. That's his position. I think it's very easy to forget that he's not actually a centre-back. He can just play there. And we've just chosen to deploy him there for the last two years and he's doing very well at it. So he's very comfortable with the ball at his feet. So in this system, we are getting the best out of the likes of McLaughlin, Greaves, Alfie Jones. It's a shame we can't have the three at the back formation and losing because you have to lose an attacker. Uh, and you don't really want to do that in the current system we're playing because, you know, mm. Jones, Macker and Greaves as a back three was phenomenal last season, probably would be even better this year. But like we say, you, you lose elsewhere on the pitch and we can't really afford to do that. Mm. 
Mind you, I suppose when Greaves has played left back, that almost can become a, a back three very easily because Christie's so far up on the other wing as well. I mean, you have the other winger, yeah. whoever that is. That's how, but, we, um, that's, that's how we played, I think, when obviously before Alder came back into the team. Um, you saw obviously both Greaves and Christie were sort of driving up the field, but then sometimes Greaves would just sort of be obviously tucking into the uh, centre back. So we'd have three centre backs and Christie high up the pitch. I think it works. I think Elder's doing that now. To be fair, like he's, he's sort of when Chris is that high up the pitch, Elder's more defensive, and I think that that sort of works well. Elder likes cutting into the middle of the pitch a lot at the moment. I've noticed. Yeah, so he's taking up, he's taking up the uh, position, then like the Cancelo position. You know, once it is central midfield. Yeah. He just seems to like to do it, and like and Slater will just replace him out wide. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah, that's that's, that's, that. that's a key to what's been doing well lately. Is that I think someone pointed out on Twitter that we seem to have um, a formation when we're in possession and a formation when we're out of possession. Mm. And when we're in possession, obviously, like we say, Christy and Elder push on and, and go central. And then the, the back three, whoever's playing left back in, or right back, whoever's gone, the other one stays and it becomes a back three. And then Seri sits just yeah. in front of them and it allows us to sort of overload on either, on either side yeah. and, and have options to pass to. But then when we're out of possession, it drops to like a 4-4-2 almost so that we've pretty much got every passing lane covered and we can stay organised yeah. and structured so that the yeah. press is, is, is you know, at the same time rather than what we saw under Shotter where it was kind of like if and when they fancied it. Um, yeah, we're, we're looking very organised in, in, in all aspects of our tactical system at the minute. It's looking very good. Yeah, because yeah. I think we're, we're bringing Connolly as well, someone that's capable of sort of, uh, you know, dropping a little bit deeper. Too, uh, not too fine, Connolly and uh, Esther Pignan sort of rotate well. You've seen how well teams defending a four-four-two. I think it's sort of the perfect balance. We've got the players now, like across the front, that can sort of either drop into behind the striker or play out wide. Like Connolly, if he wanted to, could play out wide. But he can also play centrally. Longman can play centrally and also play out wide. You've got different options. That, you know, it's, it's, it's looking good as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good options. On, on, on Oscar, actually, there was some Rossini brought up. He was as good, I think, defensively as he was offensively. In, that game. Yeah. Like, in his own box, he was superb in the, his clearances and the, his work rate. And Rossini himself pointed it out after the game to the players. He said he said he pointed out to the that's exactly how he wants every player on the team to play, like exactly like that. Mm. That's a fantastic mentality to try and instill constantly. And if it works, yeah. the club will go so far if they have an entire eleven who play like that. Yeah, because I remember when Oscar came in that his, his best sort of attribute was sort of pressing from the front. That's how he got a lot of his goals, like sort of playing on defensive mistakes and then, you know, and he was always in the box as well. So I think if you've got a striker that's able to press back and then obviously gets himself in the box as well, I think it's sort of perfect centre forward. Um, you know, and obviously Oscar and, you know, Connolly are building up a good partnership. So it's like, obviously when we do get like Teta, Teti, uh, Triore, Aliar back, it's like, you know, with the current team, they're not getting in right now. So, But it's good to have them options on the bench, I guess. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, I think we're all in agreement uh, that Elder shouldn't be dropped. I mean, I'd like to point out that he did give away a penalty, but of course he, he did play well. So I think well, there's not going to be obsessed. many changes for Stoke. As I've made quite clear, I'm obsessed with Jacob Greaves and I don't think he should be dropped for Jacob Greaves. So there you go. Well, a good unbiased opinion there. Wow. So uh, yeah, I, I don't really think there'll be many changes. Um, and uh, how did you think you did? Because um, I think two fans brought off relatively early, wasn't he? So um, would that be the one change? Although, who is fit enough to come back in for the 
attacking wise, I, I don't know if you're is I'm I'm always an advocate of you don't change your winning team. Uh, it, it makes it, it it's different. Playing. Let's pull that up again. Yes. <laughs> um, it, it's different if you play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. You, you obviously need to rotate, it, but I think in, when you've got games um, every week, you need to keep the, the the same team that's winning because they're they're building those relationships, that understanding that system. You know, the the, the, the it's almost become second nature to know where you where your players are. Um, I think the only the only change that you could justify making at some point would be. I just think we don't see the best of Slater out wide. I like him in the middle. Not mm-hmm. to say he doesn't play well out wide, because he, he Slater plays well wherever he plays. He, he will always yeah. be 110% wherever he plays. But um, I just think that in terms of natural width, in the games where you need to be a bit more incisive when you're creating chances, you know, the games where you say Sheffield United's away, where you're not going to create many chances, you'd, you'd like to see that more direct running at defenders kind of play whereas Slater's more of a workhorse and if you were ever going to drop two fan you'd probably put Slater back in the middle with with Surrey and then you'd, you'd look at any of the wide men you Longman or Ebio away for his debut to come in mm-hmm. um, yeah. I don't think Ebio away will go straight into starting 11 I think Longman will start and uh, Ebio away would come on for him or Slater will start and Ebio will come on but like we say we've got players to come back for it Pelcast, Tete, Aliar there's so many players to come back into this team and players that can play in so many different positions that it's going to get to a point now where we're picking the starting 11 is going to be now and impossible where we've been so used to having limited limited yeah i mean we've Mm. we've we've had the team pick itself because of injuries so now that players are coming back it's very nice i think the fact we haven't mentioned greg dockett yet is this you know another another thing as well he goes under the radar his performances he covers every bit of grass and I think right now he's undroppable as well. Him and Seri are both going to have a good partnership. The only parts of Dockett's game, I think, is quite rash sometimes in possession. Like, he'll give away the ball, but I think in terms of his work rate, winning the ball back, full energy for 90 minutes, you can't go wrong with yeah. that. And next to someone like Seri, I think he's the perfect foil because Seri gets yeah, the ball running. dictates. And yeah, yeah. Dockett is driving forward. And obviously, if you put Slater back in into you know central midfield, you're dropping Dockett, and that's probably why he's... he's yeah, Rossini has fitted him in that wide um, because, you know, he knows that Doherty is playing so well right now. Yeah, Doherty's doing the day work and you only notice someone doing that when they do it wrong. Yeah, so, so clearly, yeah, that's true, yeah. Exactly, two yeah. clean sheets in a row, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I guess the biggest mention he'll get is probably winning goal of the season at the very end because that goal he scored at Blackpool was brilliant. But other than that, don't really remember a whole amount of stuff he's done, but it's off the ball work that no, uh, is no, allowing no. Surrey to be on the ball. Mm-hmm. The goal of the season will be when Matt Ingram smashes it in from 30 yards in the playoff final in the last minute. What, to get a consolation? Absolutely, it's consolation. 4-0 down at that point. Yeah, yeah just, oh, I might as well, might as well try it, yeah. But speaking of Matt Ingram, <laughs> well, we'll get onto that in just a second, Tom, but... Uh, Ingram against Darlow, um, I uh, was, um, I guess, proved wrong. I put Darlow in the combined lineup for the last game. And then, of course, Ingram, another clean sheet um, and a fantastic penalty save. Because usually when a keeper saves a penalty, it's not a very good penalty. Whereas this one was quite low in the corner. It was, it was a good penalty, wasn't it? But not good enough to beat Super Matt Ingram. So uh, I guess until Ingram concedes a bunch of goals, you know, hopefully never. Um, he should keep the shirt, shouldn't he? And yeah, I mean, we, we we said it on on the episode before that 
there's no real reason to 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 drop Ingram that's justifiable at the minute. Um, I mean, we, we say this, and then obviously Ingram was similar last time when he got dropped for backs throughout the blue. But mm-hmm. you see, because you don't under, you, you don't quite know what the agreement was with Dialo in terms of you know how many games they expect him to play, kind of thing. But he's not coming to be backup. No, he's not coming in to be backup. So it's it's a matter of when, not if. I think when he gets replaced. Mm-hmm. But I do think that Rosinia is probably in a tough place at the minute because he's like, you know, we can't. I can't really drop Ingram after two clean sheets. I can't reward him by saying, "Well done, mate. You're out the team," because you know what's that going to do to him confidence-wise? Hopefully, it would motivate him more. But you know, it's 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 not the best um, for your mentality when you've just saved a penalty, helps your team go on to win the game, and then you're replaced by um, the, the the deadline day signing. So, yeah. I. I, I it's, it's a, it's a weird situation. I expect him to keep his place, like you say, up until maybe we have a, a, a he makes a mistake or a couple of bad games where you know we, we concede two or three. Um, but I can't no, I can't I can't drop him. You can't drop him, can you? Yeah, I think, I think with it... with Dala, uh, I think You're with Dala coming in. Yeah, I think with Dala coming in, um, usually a goalkeeper probably feel threatened. So, you know that someone there trying to take the place, but with Ingram right now, he's performing that well that I think he. He feels that he belongs in that number one spot. I think if you had a, a third goalkeeper, um, then you know England would probably be thinking, although I'm, I'm at, my position's are, you know threatened here. But right now, you know, I think he should be staying in the team. But you know, like you said, Dallas not coming to sit on the bench. I think he'll get his opportunity eventually. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, hopefully he doesn't, because we want clean sheets until the end of the season. Yeah. Going well. well. I think I think what'll happen is it'll depend on how the league goes. If we're in a position where it looks like. Oh yeah, we're not going down, and it looks like no, we're not going to the playoffs. You might give Dalo a run because he knows there's nothing to lose from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just let him play anyway. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, with the lineups and with Ingram, I hope that they we have the same lineup, you know, every week, so we keep winning. Uh, that'd be the perfect thing. Uh, of course, I wouldn't be happy because Longman wouldn't get to play, but at least to get to come off the bench every game like he has been doing. But then, yes, as you've mentioned, Tom, some people have started to look at uh, May uh, Hotels in London for the playoffs. Is that a little bit too soon? Because we are... Yes. Is it four points off? We have a shot, don't we? Very we dark shot, horses, yeah. maybe? Yeah, Will, you we say, have a shot the Will, you says it's uh, too early. Elaborate. I mean, I, say it's too, I think it's too early to do it in April. <laughs> That's so. true. Yeah, I mean, un- unless yeah, you're actually early, in it. But- you know, I don't book point. a hotel if you get your money back if we didn't get there. Like, and that's that's yeah, you, anyway. Yeah, if you're gonna book an hotel, make sure you get the free cancellation, you get your refund, all that yes. stuff. Yes. Or just go and have a nice holiday. Can oh, make these? Yes. Yeah, you okay. can go to London I've, or I've got, you want. I've got. I put. I placed a bet um, the other week. Uh, put it was it was Paddy Power. I got five to one on City to finish top twelve. And I put fifty quid on it because I thought that's a certain. So if mm. I if we finish top twelve, I get three hundred pounds. Uh, oh, top oh, top twelve, absolutely. I I think yeah, it would be quite that. quite difficult for us to. Yeah, so we're top twelve now. I think I think we'll finish about where we are now. So you you get it. Yeah. My eleventh yeah. place uh, prediction so. looks good. Certainly does look good. But uh, Ant, are you a slightly more optimistic? Can we dare to dream? See, I, I, I like the fact that, that Rosini is encouraging it because it's been yes. so long since we've actually had any real ambition and and optimism about, you know, where we're heading as a club. That yeah. The fact that we're within four points of the playoffs, yes, we've got 
we've played more games than most of them above us, but we're within four points of the playoffs as it stands and with, you know, loads of games to play. So realistically, we are in the mix. And um, you can't really ignore us. We've lost twice since Rosini's taken over. So that's two losses in 12 games. Mm-hmm. Um, we're beating the teams that we're expected to beat, um, which is something we don't normally do, um, which is showing that we've turned a corner. I just think that the run might have come a bit too early and that it'll be interesting to see how we respond from one or two bad defeats in a row, um, see what the character of the side's like, see if they can halt, you know, win it, uh, losing runs before they, they, they continue to three, four, five games like we've seen it before. Um, but everything we've seen so far, we're scoring more goals, we're conceding far less. The players like they're enjoying themselves, the atmosphere's back, um, free travel for the rest of the season. Everything's just adding together to sort of this feel-good factor. And, and it's it's very underrated that feel that if the whole club is pulling in the same direction it, it, it literally can take you anywhere so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm i think we won't finish in the top six but i do think we'll be in the mix for the vast majority of the season left i think yeah, we've I just think got there's... a little bit little bit too much yeah. to do to catch I, the team i don't think it's i don't think it's the quality i think it's the fact that there's, there's that many teams around us with the quality as well that, that are gonna stop yeah. us you've got like some middlesbrough to run west brom norwich now you know they they've looked good since they've got a new manager in, um, but like that, that game was very interesting. If we can go there, and nick a point or even nick all three, I think mm. that that'll show that we've they've got the credentials to finish in the playoffs. Because they are poor at home, Norwich. Mm-hmm. If we can yeah. come away from Norwich with a with a with a win, I think yeah. the vast majority of the fans will start to think, Do you know what, we're onto something here. But you know, let's see let's see where the next two games leave us. <laughs> yes. I think I'll, we'll probably be saying that every two games. Yeah, exactly. Um, until you know something goes wrong. Take it a game at a time, lads. Yeah. So uh, I think you know we are extremely dark horses. Um, I mean, I think if we were another team, and and you saw that we were just four points, is it or five points off the playoffs at this point? You'd think we've got a chance, but it is going to be quite difficult. But hopefully, we get some more points in the next two games, which uh, I think we're going to look ahead to soon um but uh one other thing got to mention some more positive news adama Traore is back he played for the uh, academy team and even hit the post with a free kick so he almost scored so uh how how good it would it be to have him back or feel like a new signing to, to use another cliche yeah. don't all answer at once i think um <laughs> With Triore, um, in, in terms of where he fits into the team, I think he's. I've not watched much, not watched much at all, but I think he's that I've sort of high energy midfielder. I think he, he sort of slot into necessary if, if he played, um, mm-hmm. or maybe perhaps a bit further forward. But with the system we're playing now, we're almost playing with two strikers and two central midfielders. So unless he played in behind a striker where sort of Conley is now, then um, he's not. He's not getting a team, and you know, unless he makes an impression again. Yeah, it's probably going to be difficult for him to get actually yeah. into the team and start lots of games. He might just be a, an important sort of squad player to have maybe next season with a proper run yeah. pre-season. He can, he can do better. But uh, So, yeah, two games to preview. First is Stoke. and um, We haven't won away at Stoke since what year, guys? 2006, I looked. Is it no, in, the league, in, the league, in the league. Yes, because we beat them in, in the, the league. league Cup. With uh, yeah. Henriksen and Ryan Mason yeah. goals. Ryan Mason's only goal for us. Except the one he scored at Bournemouth. I can't remember the last win. Was it three? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that game. Was it three? Three, one. Uh, three, two, one. Two, two, one. Two, one in the League Cup. Last two, one. In the league. 
The last time he won, then he beat three two. It was three 0 Duffy. I remember Daryl. No, no, that was Sheffield United. That was four two. And yeah, yeah. Hey, good. It's one of the worst away days in leagues, though. But. It's shit. It's a shit away day. Yeah. Put out there. Well, you said you weren't going to swear. It's always freezing as well. It's always freezing. We need I'm to do it. Kick a, you a, from a, the pod. A swear watch for Will. He, he actually got quite far in the episode this time. Well, he did well. Two, isn't it? You did it twice. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and um, we haven't won there. Well. Haven't won there in about seventeen years. And Stoke are twenty-first in the home table, but they uh, won their last league home game four-nil against Reading. So. I don't know what to think, whether they're good at home or not. Um, how do we think this one will go? Do, are we confident we can get some more points, Will? Um, you have to be confident to get some more points if we run a farm run. And yeah, the dream. Stoke are in very mixed form. They're, they're consistently inconsistent, as the cliche would go. Yeah, well said. What about you, Tom? Yeah, I'd, I think you've got to be confident, like Will said there. You've you're going off the back of, you know, back-to-back wins, clean sheets. Um, our, our form away from home is one of the best in the league, you know, since since we came back from the break. Um, you go there full of confidence. I think with Stoke not doing too well there at the bottom, usually you think our oh, typical City turn is over, but, but I hope we've turned a corner and we can sort of carry on that momentum that we're showing. Mm. Uh, just want to point out my stepdad has finally commented on one of these episodes after um, a year of watching. Um, so close to having an episode that could have been broadcast on our radio partners, West Hull FM. So, Will, you've let him down. I hope you feel bad. Um, I'll send Eddie and... the time code for uh, when I swore. Good. <laughs> this is just a random blot out. 30 minutes in, wasn't it? Uh, and, uh, of course, we have very good uh, away form, uh, but hopefully it won't have flipped where the away form's as bad as the home form was. So, will we get three wins in a row? Um, I think so. Um, like we say, you can look into all the omens with Stoker, a bogey team for us, and uh, they're playing quite bad and we're playing quite well. So, your typical City comes into it, but typical City was expected against Cardiff, and look what happened. So, it's... What we, what is it? Five wins from the last eight away from home. Um, you've got to go there confident, aren't you? So it's you, you've got to hope that you know the momentum that we're carrying. I mean, the one loss we've had away from home since Rosie took over was a very good performance against Sheffield United. Yeah. So if we can replicate something like that, that hard work and that grit, and like we say, playing away from home kind of suits us. And I think because of Stoke's position, they're going to be feeling the pressure from the fans to have to come out and attack us and win the game. They'll probably highlight this as a, as, as a winnable game because we're Hull City and that tends to happen. Whereas that'll probably play right into our hands. Um, so I, I'm expecting a, a win. Um, I don't. I, th- I think the clean sheet run will end, but I think it'll be a nice. Uh, I think it'll be a win, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll go uh, with a a two-one win. What about you, Will? Three uh, 0 I was going to keep predicting that until we lose. Yeah. Fair enough, Tom. I'm going to go two 0 but. I don't want to predict wins because I'd, I'd rather not. But so two oh, numbers. Now we've all predicted a win. We'll lose. Yeah, yeah no. perhaps. Perhaps so. And, and uh, what's what's your number for the score? Two one. Two one. Two city. Two whole city. Good. Well, yeah, definitely jinxed it there. Now it's the most exciting time of the episode. It's the combined lineup for Stoke against Hull City. So, um, for oh, you people intentionally spell McLaughlin's name wrong because that's annoyed me. I'm McLaughlin. pretty sure it is right. Or am I thinking no, of 
the goalkeeper who used to play for Northampton or something. <laughs> I don't know. I was considering putting Macca, but everyone else has got their proper name spelt. So um, so it's Ingram and goal, Greaves right. left back, McLaughlin, and then is it Ben Wilmot, the Stoke centre back, Irish Cafu, Surrey, Lewis Baker, Regan Slater, uh, Aaron Connolly, Tyrese Campbell, and then up front it's Oscar Estepinian. So I don't think this. Has, I must admit, Lewis, Lewis, Baker, Lewis Baker's right to be fair. I think he's, he's probably one of the best players. But you're, 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 you're restrained and not putting Longman in every single one of these is incredible. He's got he's got a picture with Longman in every position somewhere. I bet. <laughs> I but should move, do move Campbell, I move Campbell, but I want to see if he's there. I want to see if he had Campbell. Uh, I, I can't him. move it. It's a it's a picture, Tom. <laughs> yeah, but if you could, then yeah. if you only have three on the third person, gets omitted from it completely. So it's nicer. <laughs> yes, that's true. Exactly. So uh, I think this one's. I mean, of course, I think it's good. Uh, do we agree with this? Mostly, you said Lewis Baker's a, a good choice. I don't think there's anything. I would have put Timon in at left about. back because Greaves isn't playing. But I would have put Elder yeah. in left back because he will be playing. I, I think over the last couple of years, Timon's shown that he's he's a very very good left back at, at this level. Um, yeah, he was he was one of their best players last season when they were they went playing very well, uh, especially in the wing back formation that they were using. I think I don't I don't think he's been as good this year, but if you're going to pick a natural left back, just because obviously Elder's only played a couple of games and Timon's played more of the season, I would put him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm also enough. not going to complain because if Jacob Greaves is fit, Jacob Greaves plays. <laughs> yeah. I don't want any snakes on the uh, on the graphic here, so that's why I didn't put Josh Timon on. Uh, <laughs> Correct but, answer. Yeah. So, um, and I think as we're looking at this, we may as well jump ahead to the Norwich City one as well, and then we can move on to talking about uh, that game. So, uh, this one relatively similar. Um, Ingram and goal again. Christie is at left back because now Max Ahrens has to be in the team because he's one of the best players in the league. But Christie's so good that he has to be in the team as well. And oh. because Greaves isn't a left back and he might not play because Elder's playing, I thought, well, Christie scored right with his way. left foot. Christie can play with his left foot. He's left back. Greaves and Hanley <laughs> in the middle. Surrey and Mc- Kenny McLean's Norwich's highest striker. Four strikers on there now. Uh, What's going on here? You've had a, you've had a bear with this one before. No, no, Josh Why Sargent and Connolly. Well, because you need Pookie and Oscar up front, and then Sargent you and Connolly can count. Four, four, four. four strikers. You'll score, up here, up score so many goals. You know, just score so many goals. You might concede a few, but with that back four, you won't be conceding any. Mind you, it's more like a uh, a two. Two six because Christian Aaron's will probably be playing so far up the pitch. So maybe this one's more <laughs> controversial. But I thought Christian left back was probably quite quite an interesting thing. And then he can cut in and score with his right foot instead. So if you're an audio viewer, it's a shame that you just couldn't see the visible confusion of Will throughout that entire conversation from Nathaniel. It was it was wonderful. Yeah. Well, apologies, but yeah, it's just it's a fun. <laughs> Mind you, the most stressful thing is trying to work out which colours um, from the various teams uh, should be on the, on the kit because uh, that one was green and orange, but it could have been. It is. It could have been uh, amber and uh, green or yellow, um, so it doesn't really look like either of the teams. But uh, Norwich are also very bad at home, as Ant said. They are sixteenth in the home table, and uh, so they're even lower than we are. Which, uh, of course, David Wagner is the new manager there. He's done 
fairly well. They've scored a fair few goals. I think they beat Preston Coventry uh, with four goals each. But then at home, they, they've still not been that good. They they lost 3-0 to Burnley, but then Burnley are beating everyone at the moment. So um, what was the year that we last beat Norwich away from home? Does anyone know? 2011. 2010, exactly. Well, the yeah, 2011 so season. Corrin's header. Yeah. Mm. Kenny's free kick, Corrin's header. Yeah. Mm. So uh, what do we think about this game? You've said already it would be a sort of a, a big a very big point to get anything out of the Norwich um, game. Well, what I think you? a couple I think a couple of weeks ago I would have said it was a free hit. Is it still a free hit? Well, I think with, with our position in the table it is, but if we have ambitions of the playoffs then I think if we could come away with a point it'd be good. But I want me to sue this heart and if we lost the game, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, do you think we can dare to dream if we get a win there? I think it's a free hit, but we're going to win three now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just jumping right onto that and uh, and it's into the future. I think. <laughs> do you think <laughs> we can get anything out of the Norwich game? Of course, it's difficult to predict, knowing not knowing that we might get five injuries in the Stoke match. Yeah, I I, I I'd take the point at Norwich. To be fair, um, it's it's one of those games where because they're quite bad at home. And our waveform, we should probably look there at going uh, and being quite optimistic about trying to get something from them. We beat them at home. Um, mm-hmm. It'd be nice to do the double over a team like like Norwich, who were expected to be up there. So, yeah. you know, it, it's one of these, isn't it? Th- th- this game, I think, will really s- sort of send out a message to the league about our capabilities this season. If we come away from a win at Norwich, I think everyone else will start looking at us and being like, do you know what? These 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 are actually mm-hmm. up there and they're in the mix, but. Again, if we just avoid defeat at Norwich and then look at trying to keep this this loss count down, um, I think we can be happy with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It would be a very big statement win. And I think if you've got to achieve anything in, in, in a league, uh, you've got to beat the teams that are trying to do the same thing as you. They're obviously another playoff hunting team. So if we could get a point or um, a win there. Uh, AD says, or no, Danny says, full point return will do me nicely next week. How many points out of the next two games would be a success, Will? Is it four? It's probably four. I'd say four. Um, to be honest, I'll take... I, I know I keep joking uh, about three the 3-0. I, I, I was going to say, I know yeah. I keep joking about the 3-0 thing, but I'll take three points. Yeah, just to keep, you know, keep towards the, you know, yeah. the region we are and uh, get a bit of momentum maybe. And uh, it's probably that more least, likely to get when it's done. Would we, would we be happy with two points? Don't uh, lose them, but only pick up one point. In I, would, I, I would actually. I would. I think yeah. I would. Only if they're uh, entertaining uh, two or draws. If they're nil nils, no, no I thanks. would have to take two nil nils. I suppose <laughs> it would be nice to have four clean sheets in a row. Exactly. I think I think Norwich has the the potential with how we play and how they play. Uh, it would be quite a high scoring Seven, game, four. like a four three mm. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that game three, against a couple of years ago. Harry Wilson scored. Uh, four, five, three, four. I think James, yeah, it was four three. Four, three yeah. Yeah, James, James Madison think, scored. Yeah. Actually, we did five all against yeah. Bristol the same season, didn't we? That's what I'm thinking of. Five all against Bristol. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Madison scored a hat trick, but Harry Wilson was better. Mm. Yeah, and of course, he's gone on to have a very good career. Um, well, both of them have, to be honest. Although Madison's probably a bit more. Uh, good to know Harry Wilson but yeah so definitely an opportunity for some points given that we have a good away record 
and um, they've got fairly poor home records. So I think three or four points would, would definitely be good. Um, has anyone else got anything to mention going into these two more games or shall we wrap things up? It's going to be nice. It's going to be nice having massively full away ends thanks to the free away travel. Yeah, I think that has helped with the away run recently as well, hasn't it? Uh, they they got coaches. Thirty-seven coaches at the moment are going to Stoke as it stands. Thirty-seven. I'm on coaches. Seven. Wait, really? How yeah. small are the coaches? Two, two, two and a half thousand away fans, isn't there? I think at the moment it's 2,700, I think is what it is. I think you're going to fit about oh, 60 on a coach. 60 yeah. on a coach. Like that, yeah. the, diff, the difference with the Stoke game is there'll be more coaches because of the free travel. So people will go on the coach when they normally wouldn't yeah. do because it's free travel to go. So so your, your people who would normally get like a train or go on the car would rather do the free travel so they're going on the bus instead. So the, the normal number of buses increases tenfold yeah. anyway. I don't usually do time travel, yeah. but past, past few games... Sounds like some sort of GCSE maths question. This, how many buses would it take to fill a, an away end at Stoke? Uh, and Shep says no pay on the day. So if you are going to the Stoke game and you're on one of those buses, do make sure you've got a ticket, which I think is quite common oh, sense. I don't, I, don't the, I don't think you can get on the buses without a ticket, can you? No, no you, you can. You don't have a match ticket. Because I thought you had to buy a ticket to qualify for the free Tiger travel. I thought that's how it works. Uh, to be fair, you can't just like walk on. Yeah, you can't. You, you have to book a you ticket. Just get a, well, yeah, a bus you have before you get on the coach, don't they? So if you haven't bought a ticket, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your name's not going to be down. Yeah, you can't just say like, jump on. But, <laughs> unless unless you say yeah, someone yeah. else's name, you could just yeah. say someone else's name. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it will be exciting to have Pelkas and Ebi uh, away back as well and we had a comment right at the start saying that uh, the club hasn't released a um, an Malcolm introduction video which is a shame um you know i always like those player interviews but i suppose we'll probably be seeing his debut so hopefully he makes an impact but uh, other than that thank you will and tom and ant and everyone who's commented uh, on today's episode hope you've enjoyed and we'll be back very soon hopefully to talk about not just three points but six points after two three nil wins away at Stoke and Norwich, as Will would say. So thanks again, and we'll see you next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.